Society tries to convince us that our emotions don't matter. That to be an adult, we need to suppress how we feel. We have to put on a smile and go about our day. Go to work. Handle our responsibilities. But whatever you do, don't be honest about how you feel. Because emotions are for the weak, right? If you're a man who admits how you feel, the world tells you you're not being masculine. If you're a woman, and God forbid you shed a tear or show some vulnerability, then you're being overly emotional or your period must be coming around. That's what they say. That's the ignorant dialogue we hear on a daily basis. So what's our alternative? We hide and we bottle up our emotions. We suffer in silence. So behind the smile that we wear to make everything seem just fine, there is pain and suffering and an ocean of tears that we refuse to let free. Well, this is the moment that you can finally let your guard down, take the mask off and breathe. Because your current situation, the way you feel right now is not final. I know it feels that way. You may feel helpless and even ask yourself, what's the point? Well, believe me when I say that if you've been dealing with negative emotions for a period of time, especially strong ones, your brain cannot be trusted to tell you the truth right now. It's telling you everything you need to hear to stay in this state. Because you see, negative emotions like fear, anger, anxiety, sadness, and depression, they fuel themselves. Their very presence in your mind creates thoughts that will continue to give them life. So here, here is where you hit the brakes on what's eating away at you. This is where you take back your quality of life. And you've just taken the first step in doing that. What's the first step? Feeding yourself new information. Because from new information comes new hope. And with hope, anything is possible. So let's dive in. Let's overcome emotional crisis. Welcome to the Reach Higher podcast. Quick nuggets of wisdom for happiness, efficiency, and meaningful living. Your thoughts need surgery and I've got the scalpel. My name is Ryan Howard. We look at great people and we idolize them. Albert Einstein, Nelson Mandela, Benjamin Franklin, Martin Luther King. We idolize them because of their power to change history. They are legends. But you don't have to be a legend to change your own personal history. To defy the odds and change the direction of your own life is equally as great of an accomplishment. So, if you get nothing else from this episode, I need you to commit to believing in this statement. The truth that I'm about to tell you needs to become part of your belief system because it is 100% without a doubt true. It's not even up for debate. You ready? We have the ultimate power to choose in our life. Even if we never did before, we can choose right now in this moment. We can say no. It changes now. Because your beliefs will align with your de decisions. So if you decide that now is the changing moment and you then start to believe that, the ball can start rolling in the right direction. 
As the great Tony Robbins teaches, when you can change your decision making, you can change your life. But when you can change the force that controls your decisions, that force being your mind, you can change anything. So, of course, the question becomes, why can some people overcome their feelings and emotions to reclaim their life while others seem to give in and just accept their fate? There are a few things that influence this, actually. The first thing that affects our ability to beat emotional crisis is whether the pull of fear or the pull of what we want is more powerful. In other words, is fear or desire the stronger influence in your life? See, we live in the valley between what we fear most and what we desire most. We don't realize that oftentimes when we find ourselves in a negative space emotionally, we are actually being frozen by fear. It's not just lacking hope or being tired. The underlying, underlying emotion behind all of that is fear. And if that fear takes over, you can find yourself in a position called learned helplessness. If you've given up, it could be because you fear failing again. You fear the disappointment of getting up and rebelling against these negative emotions another time just to find yourself on your back yet again, exhausted in a puddle of tears. Another thing that many unhappy people fear, arguably the largest thing that unhappy people fear, is the need to give up their identity that frightens them into paralysis because deep down, they know that to take a new approach, they need to change. They need to stare at themselves in the mirror, admit their imperfections, and alter something about themselves. Whether it's the way they think or the way they feel about something or someone, they associate those feelings with their identity. So they'd rather suffer than make the changes to actually feel better. Think about this. Your brain is so committed to protecting your identity, the way you view yourself, that it will oftentimes prioritize your self-image over your own happiness. Don't believe me? How many times have you felt angry about something that happened days or even weeks ago? Of course, it felt good to be angry at first because anger is protective. But even after the anger started to feel bad, you stayed angry about it. It's because you were committed to your feelings, committed to being right or being justified for the anger. The anger persisted because you wanted it to, even when it started to feel bad. It's because your identity was more important than being happy. This is my point. So from this point on, if you really want to live in a better state emotionally, you're going to have to give up some things. Okay, let's lighten things up for you guys a little bit. I didn't want any music at first so that you could really hear what I was saying. But just to make sure you don't fall asleep now, I got you. I got you with the tunes. All right. <laughs> so like I was saying, you're going to have to give up some things. Number one. Give up your commitment to the story you tell yourself about the situation. Just let it go. Even if it's true, if the story isn't empowering to you, stop committing your mind to it because it's killing you. Number two, give up the need to be right or legitimized. Maybe someone broke your heart or betrayed you. Maybe an ex-partner cheated on you. You're right. 
they're an asshole. And I'd probably agree with you that they should drink bleach. But you have to let go of the toxic energy. The commitment to feeling terribly because you're entitled to. Doing this is not for them. It's for you to set yourself free. And finally, number three, give up the need to protect what's left of your ego. In any crisis, the solution is going to take vulnerability and an openness to change. You have to let go of your ego so that you can be free from old thinking patterns. This way, when answers come, you can receive them and use them to overcome your pain. Okay, so now that we've let go of the invisible beliefs holding you back, and we've deleted the old history we told ourselves about our situations, we need to come up with a new story. A more empowering story about where we are that can allow us to view things in a new way. You're probably asking, how the hell can I see this in a positive way? Do you know what happened to me? How could this possibly be good for me? Well, I know that everyone is different, but for me, I love learning and I love improving. I love being able to look back over the last month of my life and see that I've grown mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I live for growth. So whenever I experience trauma, or emotional difficulty, I ask myself, what can I learn from this experience? What is it that I'm meant to take from this that will make me a better me? And every time I ask that question, I'm actually able to form a better story about it. Because even though the situation might suck, I start seeing it as a tough lesson that I can grow from instead of a shitty situation that's making me suffer. Here's the thing, if instead of going through the crisis, we're able to grow through it, we'll find that our life can actually be better on the other side. Because crisis creates the space in us necessary for us to grow. It causes us to expand ourselves and become more in order to overcome the struggle. So when a crisis breaks you down, Realize that it is an opportunity to recreate a new life situation, not only externally, but most importantly, internally. So here are the words I want you to remember. Everybody wants a better life, but they don't want to do the work. They don't want to grind for it. The only way you will ever have more is if you become more. So don't you see? Even the pain, even though the pain may feel unbearable, this emotion, this challenge you're facing, you can see it as a gift. It could be the very gateway to becoming more, if you want it. So if you want more, then you have to choose it. Choose to get more out of life by choosing a more empowering story to live by. Next, we let go of our limiting beliefs. We created a better story for ourselves. Now we need to create a better state. What do I mean by state? Your state is the current emotional space you occupy. It's how you're feeling in the moment. And even though your story is important, you won't accomplish anything if you don't learn how to get yourself into a better state of mind. When we're in an empowering state, we make better decisions. We reinforce better behaviors and ultimately tend to do things that keep us feeling good. So 
So how do we alter our state? Psychology teaches us that the fastest way to change your state is to change your physiology. In other words, affecting your body or your biology is the quickest way to alter your mind state. This is why people drink. This is why they smoke or engage in addictive activities. They're looking for the fastest physiological way to change their mental state. But you don't need to turn to a drug or a medication. You can do it yourself. Studies show that getting active, even using your body language to make happy expressions like smiling, will release chemicals that boost your mood. Yes, it sounds crazy. But when I feel myself sinking into a funk, I will literally force myself to smile and spend 30 seconds thinking about something I'm grateful for in my life. I know, you think I'm bullshitting. But this isn't some happy nonsense. This is proven science. When you smile, when you force yourself to practice gratitude, it may seem fake at first, but as you do it, and I mean really try, your body can start releasing endorphins, interleukins, and other mood-boosting hormones that can start to shift your emotions. And that's the beautiful thing. To get your emotions going in an entirely different direction, you just need a little bit of momentum. You just need that one decision that gets the dominoes rolling. So if you don't exercise, get active, go for a jog. If you never focus on your nutrition, try cleaning up your diet a little bit. Because I'm telling you right now that your physiology and your mental state are very connected. So if you want this, make the necessary changes. Finally, after changing our story and learning to improve our state, what do we do to beat these negative emotions? At first glance, my answer will sound cliche, but you will find out soon enough how true it really is. The key to feeling better emotionally is making better decisions. In every single moment of our lives, there are two decisions that we have the power to make before we act. What to focus on and what meaning we give to our experiences. If you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard me talk about how the RAS or reticular activating system in our brain figures out what to focus on. That, based on how we program it, it will notice the things that make us happy, sad, upset, or whatever emotion we want to feel. So in trying to cultivate better emotions, we need to shift our focus to things that are more empowering. How do you do this? Become the gatekeeper of your thoughts. Stop allowing yourself to be a helpless victim to the thoughts that enter your mind. This is your mind. But see, the answer is not to control the thoughts. This is where many people go wrong. They try to stop negative thinking from entering their mind, but that's virtually impossible. It's kind of like trying to not think about a blue car when someone says, don't think about the blue car. Instead, just observe the thoughts. Let them be, but only pay attention to the thoughts that will empower you. So it's almost like negative thoughts become benign, like a benign cancer cell. They're still there, but they're not wreaking havoc anymore. You're just choosing to feed the thoughts that will make you feel liberated and empowered. 
This profound concept is actually one of the most powerful lessons discovered through meditation, that when you stop fighting the thoughts and merely observe them, you are able to not react to them. And you can then select the ones you want to use that are empowering. It takes practice, but it's that simple. The tools I have used to improve my abil ability to focus and observe my thoughts are meditation and a technique called seven days of positive thinking. I spoke about meditation in the episode, four steps to overcome anxiety. So if you want to hear more about that, check it out. But the seven days of positive thinking is a brain reprogramming technique. The goal is to only focus on positive thoughts for seven days. Now, this isn't a joke. And again, it's also not happy nonsense. It's a way to teach your brain to create more positive meanings out of situations. And this actually leads me to the final choice we make in every moment. Situations will happen. We can't completely stop negative situations from coming our way, but we can control the meaning we attribute to them. If we give our experiences new meanings, they affect our mental state differently. So in a way, it changes our reality entirely. Because if we are no longer able to perceive the situation in a negative way, but we're now perceiving it in an empowering way, the situation isn't just a problem anymore. We can now see it as a challenge or a puzzle or even a gift. And once we master that skill, it changes the game. So the seven days of positive thinking technique can be a great way to practice creating new meanings in life. So I'd almost like to change the name to say, don't just think positive, think empowering. So in closing, I just want to say this, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, know this and hear this. You are not alone. You are not powerless and your story is not over. There is so much potential available to you in this life but you have to grab it. Get rid of your old thinking and do what it takes to build that new life. You just listened to the Reach Higher podcast. This was another step in reshaping your mind to live a better life. Listen, if you liked this episode, like, share, and spread the word. Keep tuning in so we can keep reaching higher together. Thanks, guys. Peace.